oh, it might be later. I might be spoiling a great moment, but there's a moment where where Camila's arguing and he just says, I'm an autistic child. <laughs> no, I, I I do remember it. Yeah. Okay, so to kick it off, hi everyone, welcome back. Um, so in the previous episode, we discussed the Mobile Suit Gundam compilation movies of the original series. In retrospect, maybe that wasn't the best decision in terms of seeing all the possible content that the original series could have granted us, but we decided to continue on to Zeta Gundam since we did get all the main story beats through those films yeah i I thought it was like the movies function they work they work surprisingly well i don't know anyhow the uh, audiences listeners you can share your opinions on on that i'm I'm sure there's divisions there amongst the fandom yeah i do like the um like having it be 50 episodes like like i hadn't had this in a while like a long show that you kind of get cozy with a little bit which is weird to say for for Gundam, a surprisingly dark and uh, relentless story. Um, but it has that um, Star Trek: The Next Generation quality, where like you're always in the ship, so you always get this um, this room tone of like this like engine humming and like things beeping every once in a while. The door opens and it's just all the and you get to get just kind of like cozy in into that world. Like it was it's weird how like the 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 scenes on earth i think are very beautiful like it's a great opportunity for them to show different d- different uh terrains but then when whenever they're back at the at the home base whenever they're back on the argama is that the one they're they're on for most of it uh, whenever they're back on the so they're yeah let's get this right in, actually in, <laughs> so in in space they're on the argama and then one one on Earth, they're on a different one provided by not not the A E U G, but they're Caraba. Yeah, that sounds right. That's interesting. All the factions in here, like it's an evolution of the Mobile Suit Gundam uh, politics. They really like dig into uh, like the political economy of you know giant spacewide hegemony and and its resistance. Yeah, there, there's, there's a diversity of uh, goals and, and means that all these factions are, are getting at, at least for these first 20 episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm trying not to jumble the information from later episodes. We meet Anaheim Electronics, right, in, in this first batch? Yeah, the, the, the corporate in, investors of the, the resistance, right? <laughs> yeah, one of them beats the shit out of... One of them just destroys uh, Camille. Yeah, he starts what would they call it, correcting him in a rather brutal way. Was he even enlisted? Was he even a? a I guess he wasn't enlisted at that point, which is why they're like, "Oh, we we're we're going to start taking corrective measures now." Yeah, I think he was freshly like uh, more officially inducted. Which is kind of that's a that's an interesting mix on the original original series because that always felt a touch more informal. With Amuro and and uh, friends, yeah, at least in those initial arcs. This is where I'll always be wondering, like Schrodinger's Mobile Suit Gundam original series. I'll always be wondering what details changed, but in the movies, it felt like like they couldn't catch a breath, so there was no time to stop and like reorgan redraw their org chart 
or whatever. There were moments when Bright got promotion promoted, or when um, Juan got posthumously promoted. I, I think the times at those stations, like uh, Jabro, the one in South America, or, or you know their moon bases, I, I think that was probably more downtime and more side stories for these other characters that we might have missed out on. Yeah, there's probably room for that. It seemed like there are moments where people like let down their hair before quickly getting interrupted by, oh no, they're coming for Whiteface again. Yep. Oh, uh, before we move on any further, this is Roberto, and, <laughs> and, and I'm joined here by... Corbin, obviously. <laughs> if, if you watched our original Pleasant Evenings Book Club series... I think you're well aware of who we are. Right. Yeah, loyal. Our loyal listeners. Um, I think now now this is officially episode two of our Gundam sub-series. We don't have a name for it yet. I, I, like, I like Charles Burgers, but Char- maybe as we, we start exploring different things like Blood Iron Orphans, that naming might be a, inappropriate, but... Pleasant Suit Gundam. Oh, I like that idea. Keep Keeping in with the... <laughs> We're on brand. Mobile suit book club or something. Mobile suit book club. I like I like the sound of that. Well, right now we're in mobile suit Zeta book club. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this this funny. Every every series we cover has its own uh, book club remix. I yeah. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So mobile suit book club. That was our father's name. Now <laughs> now we're cool. We're young. That was Mobile Suit Zeta book club. The only way it could be cooler is if there's two Zs, but what are the odds that we'll get that? That's the next one, right? And then it's Char Strikes Back. Yeah, I'm also so curious in what way Char will be attacked. Yeah, what what what, what exactly is this counterattack? And it can't just be uh, it can't just be a run of the mill Gundam attack. No, the 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 battle Char fights are like we're talking just now before. Uh, we decided we decided on a name. We were talking just now about the political economy. Like Char, he's got or Quattro. Well, hopefully we'll meet Charm. Yeah, this guy that look reminds me a lot of Char Quattro Bagina. I I, I love <laughs> the attempted ambiguity of, of is he or isn't Char yeah, in, in, <laughs> in this series. It's 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 funny. I don't know if you're supposed to. I I don't know who like to whose benefit. I think just to Char because it seems like everyone knows who he is, and they just play. They just like humoring. Him. Yeah, I, I I guess so. They'll, they'll just call the guy whatever he wants to be because it's not like Char Osnabel. I that that wasn't even his like given name as a child even. Oh yeah, that was already. <laughs> this guy's so removed from himself yeah he's right he's whatever um of Z- you know he was whatever the guy from Zeon, whatever their name was before then he's char asnoble that's true and then then he's quattro bagina now he's quattro bagina <laughs> what is that about is is that like that's so is that so like i the... <laughs> i think in the original series uh... is like to politically p- protect himself but why is he maintaining that now, or does he have like weird father issues where he won't take his family's name publicly? It must be like a paper trail thing to avoid. Like we don't know how bad Zeon gets destroyed, but I think he's known as like it became known that Char um, betrayed the Zabis. So he could have parlayed that probably into 
like favor with the Earth Federation if he like if he really wanted to. He seems like suave enough to be able to do that. And you, you know, one of the original crew members of the white base even says something of like, "Oh, I, I I'm not respecting Pagina or going with him because he refuses to lead the Earth Federation." Do you, do you recall that? There was when Kai writes the letter, right? Yeah. Like he right. Yeah, he thought it was cowardly of him to do it, and I guess because yeah, with the name, like he would have had um, more more pull and like be able to like step up to some level of responsibility or or vision. Let me see if I can find Kai's. Oh, it's too high a toe. Oh, the, the and he's talking about Chai. That's right. Yeah. So I don't have the I don't have the um the actual. This is so weird. This is like map and territory stuff. I have here what I found is um the the image of the English language letter that's in the show but not the actual transcript of what that's supposed to be understood to to read. Oh. Like if you like I remember reading it, like pausing the show and reading the letter and thinking this is different from what I'm seeing in the subtitles. Captain Katro, he is Char. He should be becoming the leader, but is satisfied with being a mere soldier. I really don't like his attitude of escaping reality <laughs> or escaping from reality. Yeah, that was that's a little bit that's different. So I guess the idea is still it's there. So they, they they went for the but they went for the the character stuff. They're not any of the political things. Just sort of like like he's not showing his medal. He's he's happy being your standard um, mobile suit pilot. Yeah, and he'll step up every once in a while because um, Blex and you know the other people at the like are they're always like asking for his opinion, and it seems to hold a lot of weight. If they're trying to decide whether or not they're going to follow someone, engage someone in battle, like they decide to trust a machine and her defection because of a hunch that Char, had, the Quattro had. So it seems okay. like everyone's like ready. They're all waiting for him to, to be Char. Yeah, I mean, they feel like they know who he is. Like, like they just, they got Yeah, it. they know. <laughs> they bring it up even. Like, I'm not sure who, I guess it's important to know who doesn't know. Like, it's, it's like people who are Camille figures it out because of new type stuff, I guess. Like, he just seems to know somehow, and, and like Hayato already knows. Um, Blex, I think knows, and I think like because I'll talk like sometimes like, oh, if that's if there's someone who you are, then maybe you should be that person. That must be why they respect his opinion so much. But mm-hmm. um, okay, for the rest of this recording, I'm referring to Bajina as as Char. I I prefer that name. Yeah, <laughs> they really, you know, they, that's how you know they trust him. Like they trust his opinions on like military matters. If he says we should attack, like, hey, let's go for that. And he says, "Call me Bajina." They call me four vaginas. <laughs> 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 like, how much pull do you need to have for people to go along with that? Because I think that's the freakiest name in the whole series. Like, Blex is pretty weird, but Quattro Bagina. No, it's straight up, number four is the <laughs> craziest name. <laughs> I am number four. Do you remember that? Yeah. 
that was a character that that was that was a really really good i don't remix re-exploration of of what that lala character was like that was a really good use of that archetype um who four the the four and lala connection yeah Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were still talking about Quattro because no, no, it was Quattro. <laughs> no, because I, I I think Four is probably the worst name That's they have. Right. That's even worse, yeah. Because <laughs> at least you have the second T in Quattro. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, Four. I guess like Four. There's some like uh, there's some tragic backstory there that like her name is that because like her actual name and her memories were taken from her somehow by the um, Cyber Gundam. Like research facility, Titan faction or not? I, I guess, I guess they're different. Are 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 they part of like the Titan like half of the Federation, or do you think they have their own unique? Um... It felt like they had them on loan, like they brought them over. But if we see them again, they might have their own motivations. Yeah. I think every once in a while we're just gonna get like some freaky purple hair person. I dig it. I'm I'm here for it. It seems like Titans are like the main antagonist force. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we yeah. Let's just I guess like talk. It's like a pretty cool show. Like there's like so much to dig into, and it's nice to be able to sort of break it all down because sometimes you're just kind of watching, and like the show like jumps between I don't know kind of like moody introspection about the nature of humanity or war. And and just sort of oh so the ships are coming from this area. Uh, it's, it's a nice division between personal tragedy and navigating personal relationships, and then these fun, satisfying to watch space battles, explosions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, the look of this show. Like I thought, um, Mobile Suit Gundam looked pretty good for what. Like it's clearly old looking, dated, whatever. Like. It looks like a show from the seventies, like a maybe more polished, you know, speed racer or something. I like the um, like the hatching. Whenever they would draw shadow, sometimes you could tell it. W- you could tell it was like roughly done by hand, and it had a lot of impact. Um, but here the the mech designs are so much more squared off and mechanical and shiny, and they you feel like the metal of them. You can tell that's Gundamium that they're made out of. Do, do you have a favorite model? Right now, not to be like basic, but the Mark II actually does look pretty cool. I I, I, I dig the the Rick Diaz. The Mark the Mark II is also sick. I don't know they're they're all well designed, but the Rick Diaz I like that it has this that it, like that it can do different things with its fingers. Yes. Yeah. So that when it comes, like you can. And you see, like, that it's capable of something else. Like, when um, Char has the gold one, I don't know, it's kind of cool in a flashy way. Um, but I don't get a sense of how it's better. And maybe they draw it to look like it's faster. But, it like, it seems like whether it's the Rick Diaz or uh, Char's golden one, it doesn't affect the outcome so much. No, I, aesthetically, I prefer that in, that first initial red one that he was working yeah. with it's sleek and it, it, honestly it, it seems yeah that like eye on the head yeah it seems i don't know like it might be a little bit more <laughs> capable than the gundam mark ii is maybe yeah, i mean it has more functionalities and i guess then someone else ends up 
using the Rick Diaz mostly after after Char. Yeah, it, it gets switched around between Emma or the Fab pilot. No, is it Rikoa? Rikoa, I think she piloted it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know, it, it just passes hands. I think at one point Katz steals the Rick Diaz, right? I thought Katz stealed the Mark II. Oh, is it the Mark II he stole? Yeah, and and then I think at that point it was Camille piloting the Rick Diaz. Oh. Yeah, but I think what I was going to say about the Rick Diaz is that when, when Char is piloting it, you can't have him be fucking up. No. He's the best at mobile suit. He's really good at piloting those uh, Xeon or anti-Earth space noid models specifically. Mm. Oh, that's... Oh, that's another thing I wanted to, um, that I want to get into the Xeon, the echoes of Xeon that there are, because I would guess that I don't think they, I guess I don't talk about it, but I would guess part of the reason why, um, Char is going Quattro Bagina mode is if there's anything left of Xeon, I think there's maybe one voiceover that's saying that they're there, by the way, they're working on stuff. I wonder how closely aligned they'll end up being with the Titans. Yeah. You would think that earth being there. Uh, traditional enemy like they could i don't but i don't trust them to go to team up with the au the aug no no but pockets of zian that may have been more zabby inclined Mm -hmm. the factions that seem to circle themselves around char yeah that's interesting so i depending on like how their internal politics shakes out like char could have like a target on his head yeah God, so much, so much depth, so much political depth from yeah. from some cartoon in the eighties. I I never would have expected. <laughs> right, the, the, the bit of Xeon Echo is the Rick Diaz, and I think some of the um generic generic mobile suits that, that they'll have in the battles, like they're the well, Rick know- Diaz is uses Xeon technology, right? Yeah, but then it's it's weird because the the Titans are piloting those uh. Hyzax usually, which I I thought was that was Zeon Tech too. Yeah, they look just like the generic ones from Mobile Suit. Not just like them, but like they had that um the spiky shoulder. Yeah, Zaku. That's what they with. Yeah, that's what that's what they are. They look like Zaku. And yeah, I think in Zeta they're called his axe, and then in the, what in the original they were Zaku's. Yeah, but either way, like um I don't know <laughs> that makes me think like okay, so like after. The siege of uh, Baaku. There must have been like a little bit of Operation Paperclip happening with the Federation. There, there must have been that. That or, or the Titans were just really good at taking taking the equipment from this pockets of resistance because that was that was your original purpose, right? Was to el- eliminate any space noid movement of independence, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. It was like uh, it wasn't. To stop AEUG specifically, right? It was there for any leftover independence movements. Yeah, that's so brutal. God, that that, that uh, that's that space station that they visit pretty early on, where oh, they did um chemical weapons. Yeah, my God, that, that, what a crazy, like just the empty, uh, like abandoned colony with the dust everywhere is already like haunting enough but then they have to have these these bodies floating around because of the low gravity they're like really out there they yeah they uh they kind of sold me for now to you know think as the anti-earth united group as um 
definitely be the pro tags. That was a powerful mm. moment. Though. That was really like that's an interesting thing. It's like a like a never forget kind of monument. Yeah, this it's crazy that they would just leave that there. It seemed like they were talking about it like it happened long ago. When would that have been? Was that that's been after the one year war? Yeah, or before. It would have been after. Damn, so that's recent history. Camille didn't even know about it. And he was not he was not uh, sympathetic to to the Federation, obviously. No. No, at, at least before that point, there was some moral ambiguity. No, I guess before then, even, uh, they, they killed his parents. It seemed like the reason he left was just he was sort of... Why did Camille leave the Federation? Was it just the Titan presence in this colony? He was just done with, with being... In, in the situation of capture and occupation, they give him a lot of shit too. Speaking of people that don't quite like their names or weird, weird names, <laughs> C- Camille has quite a bit to navigate. Unfairly too, I, I think I think it's a good name. Yeah, I'm. I when I think of Camille, I just see him. Like I've I've gotten used to his name very quickly. Yeah, and you, you know it's it's nice. That by the, the closing of what's our part one episode, he declares, oh, I, I do like my name. Mm-hmm. As opposed to how it opens where he beats his tie in for saying, oh, you, 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 have a, you have a girl's name. Ha ha ha. That's very important. And for him to tell for, no, I, I do like my name. Yeah. So he's like, he's from the generation. I mean, from the Federation. His parents are like very actively involved in Federation politics and war. Um, and he like rejects them wholeheartedly, but he, he stands up for himself. So it's different from like a self-hating thing. Like, Oh, if I wasn't from the Federation, Oh, if I wasn't Camille, Oh, if these were my parents, it's like, fuck you, mom and dad. <laughs> and, you know, in a very teenage way, but in a way that's also, I think kind of healthy. It's a good fight. Camille's fighting a, yeah. a good fight to to be had. I mean, because I mean, frankly, his father was complicit in, in quite a bit of what was going on. Yeah, my, they they really they topped Amaro's dad. <laughs> they like they needed to make everyone extra. I guess to get you to switch sides from Federation being the you know the good guys of the first one, like they have to like right off the bat like remind you like let you know about the like the dark hegemony of the Federation. Which I guess was present even even in the original. I mean, it's it's pretty awful to force was was a teenager to not only risk death but to become was really a brutal killer. Yeah, multiple teenagers. Multiple, yeah. You know, I know that like um like I wouldn't put it on Bright. Bright is one of the good ones. No, no, Bright was in this situation too, and just continually him and his ship was just use because they they had this lack of resources or this mm-hmm. bureaucratic discare to do anything <laughs> any other different because oh the white base has this trend of success they must yeah. be new types let's keep on <laughs> using them right and and they're like ambivalent because not everyone in the federation like believed new types were real so it was either they're new types and that's good for us or they're not new types and we can use them as like diversion or cannon fodder I guess to recognize their existence as new types is kind of dangerous as, as since that kind of accepts a whole space noid. Um, um, right. The idea that like space noids are not, <laughs> not supremacy, but the, the space noids are um, like distinct. Worthy of independence from uh, 
the Earth sphere and, and, and its pollution and politics. Yeah. Because it seems like, well, I mean, with all the technology, it's so heartbreaking. Cause, like With all the technology available to be able to go across space and time, it doesn't seem like they have any trouble with like food. Like once, like once you have space available to you, even like, I don't know if that's, I know you have to be careful about it, but it seems like even pollution is like not even a problem if you don't want it to be. Like you just like pick an asteroid somewhere and that can be your dump and like whatever, like there's, they, right, all the, all the Gundams run on fusion. Like there's no need for it not to be a, like a post-scarcity utopia where like every place can, can just work as an independent node. Yeah. And that's. That's another go linkage right there. Oh yeah, so I, I don't think we were on pod when allowing to be a constellation. Yeah, so for for some context to to listeners, I, I had recently gotten into the East Asian board game, a, a strategy game called Go. I got into it at, around the same time as Gundam, and I cannot get this connection between them out of my head. I guess I could read off the quote here oh yeah it's a pretty good quote yeah go ahead and all by itself a go piece can destroy an entire constant constellation chess piece cannot or can only do so diachronically chess is indeed a war but an institution not institutionalized regulated coded war front rear battles but it's proper to go is war without battle lines neither confrontation nor re- nor retreat Without battles, even pure strategy, whereas chess is a semiology. Finally, the space is not at all the same. And chess is a question of raging a closed space for oneself, thus going from one point to another, of occupying a maximum number of spaces with the minimum number of pieces. And go is a question of arraying oneself in an open space, of holding space, of maintaining the possibility of springing up at any point. The movement is not from one point to another, but becomes perpetual, without aim or destination, without departure or arrival. You know what? You know, not to be like too like one to one with things, but like I think that even applies to Mobile Suit Gundam One, but like it applies to like these like rogue bases that are flying around. Sometimes it's changing the course of a struggle. I think if if Char got into a leadership position at this point in time where it became a leader. This is very much what his approach to these politics and these space stations and ultimately their relationship to the Earth sphere would would be. Like, he's good at playing all these relationships, but when it comes to, like, uh, people he trusts, like, he can be more, like, hands-off. And in terms of also fighting, you know, the Federation... You know, it's a little bit guerrilla tactics. Like, you have to be where they don't think you are, where you can spring up at, like, key points to disrupt the, their plans. I thought they ever expected him to arrive to Earth. I mean, maybe they did. They had set up that nuclear trap. But I, I do think the arrival on Earth is quite a surprise in, in that, um, you know, there's there's a perpetual journey there. And... and yeah navigating through oh. space making it through the atmosphere and back again and mm-hmm. and you know in space like going into like if you're comparing like go to chess um like in space you get more of that spontaneous like movement that's spon- oh, that spontaneous action you know the perpetual movement and all and in you know like what what's the famous line that char says about people on earth that the gravity of earth like like um burdens their souls or something 
Oh, that was such an awesome quote too. It was gravity of earth weighs down their, their, their souls to, I guess, ultimately enclose and trap them there. But at the same time, at the same time, it's the earth that gives them that soul. Oh yeah. That, the beautiful, that was a beautiful, that was a beautiful response. That's like, I mean, that's a great, interesting question of like Gundam like is also about like humanity in space, like the future of humanity, like how we organize ourselves or understand each other. Oh yeah, but I was saying about like the comparison of going like when they're on Earth, it seems that uh, that war is a little bit more in that kind of traditional way. Like once they're on Earth, their movement is more tracked, you know, like and of course more limited. Like this, it's suddenly like a lot more two dimensional. Like in in Mobile Suit Gundam One, when they get to Earth at some point, like when they get to like do Operation Odessa, you see a map that has a battle strategy, and it just looks like a classical like you know. You got the arrows moving around. Like okay, this yeah, unit yeah, goes yeah. here, this unit goes there. White base is going to be here, and it looks like yeah, that's a lot more like um, chess logic of. You know, like occupying, controlling space in in the of like understanding this is my area that I control and moving forward. Might even be the dramatic difference between old type and new types. I mean, new type is such a vague concept. It feels like still, I feel like I still don't have my my a, a full grip around it. But the there's at least the um intuitive and empathetic aspect that allows people to communicate through vast distance of space despite the Minovsky particles even if they're in i think they emphasize like even through a mobile suit they 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 can connect there's a cool time perception difference too i'm I'm picking up on throughout each opening of every episode or ending you'll, you'll see the tiers of time oh i'll pay attention to let me think about this tiers of time thing you will see the tiers of time what does that mean? That's a vodka. <laughs> I just sort of, I was able to just roll with that line. Well, because when, when Lala died in, in the uh, first series, I like her last statement was, oh, I, I can, I can see time. Or like, I've, I've transcended hmm. it now. Which I guess we get to this point of movement is at one point to another, but it's perpetual without aim or destination departure or arrival this is from Deleuze, by the way listeners oh, to, to to credit to credit the quote and, and the writer yeah i'm sorry i don't think i have like um a good way to pull that together um but i feel like there's something like you're onto something there because like, i was just think taking the you know tears of time i can see as just sort of um time as in just like chronology or you know like seeing the scope of where things are going like, you know, you, you see further, you know, you see far enough back and far enough in the future and you see like this cycle of, of war, like <laughs> this continuous conflict. Feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I think, I think it's heavily foreshadowing what's, whatever will happen to Camille at the end or, or just this, oh, this group. Uh, you think uh, things won't go well for Camille? Um, I, I have, I have my suspicions that things might go a touch more tragically for Camille than it did Amaro. Not that Amaro isn't a tragic figure. He's pretty tragic in, in this one to go from hero of, of the white base and the one year war to being imprisoned yeah. by the earth federation on earth, even though, you know, he has his rich, wealthy comforts or whatever, but he's constantly monitored and just mistrusted for being a new type. Yeah. It's like, it's a gilded prison and like either way, like, Amuro is like thriving when he's useful of service to 
something he believes in. Which, you know, I, I think I think Camille, which is tragic in and of itself, but I think Camille will go through an entirely unique tragedy that we're going to be seeing. Yeah, I want to get to get to both. I think like uh, Amaro is definitely the person to look at if you want any kind of glimpse into Camille's future. Um, I'm, you're right that it could get worse because, for one, Amaro's war is what's known as the One Year War. And the, uh, was it called the Grips War for Zeta Gundam? Is not called the One Year War. Making me think it's gonna, it's gonna be a more protracted kind of thing. Plus, Amuro wins, and the, you know, and he becomes a hero of the Federation. You know, like, everything that happens afterwards, what the Federation be- becomes, or is, reveals itself to be, or whatever you want to say about that politically. He gets to, you know, suffer in comfort. Like, even, now that I'm thinking, I'm going a little further. Suppose AEUG gets what it wants. At the very least, there'll be some, like, catastrophic destabilization. Yeah, there, there, people, people will suffer. So if the AUG loses, you know, Camille is screwed. If they win, like, it's maybe exciting. Maybe, you know, you know, growing pains for history or whatever, but. The the status quo ends, but because the status quo ends, there's a whole whole lot of new things (laughs) to navigate there. So, like, what we can't see, and I'm just talking about, like, besides the, I think we can get into, like, the the character stuff of, like, how Amaro carries a war with him, you know, and, like, how that might affect Camille. Like, if he finds some kind of peace either way, like, how how is that, how is the war going to end up having affected him? But, yeah, like we were saying, like, politically, like, it's... You know, things are very up in the air for him, for him, like or like physically, things are very up in the air for him. But like, let's like, like moving on to like psychically, I guess. Um, Amuro has the moment in Metal Gear in Metal Gear <laughs> in Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> I'm always like MGS MSG. Amuro has that one moment when I think it was maybe like down the middle. Of, I think it was in the second movie when he's like kind of like in this PTSD trance, like the. TV's got like um like dead channels static and his eyes are white. Yeah. He's had to deal with like this kind of like exhaustion in war. Like Camille, okay, yeah, his parents died in front of him and you know, he'll never see his hometown again and all that, but he hated all that anyways. <laughs> at you know, now he's at now he's at the Argama and piloting the the mobile suit he stole and coming into his own, being useful, being, you know, growing into it. I, I think it's really cool how they show that no one's first go in a mobile suit ever goes well, really. No, there, there's always like a learning curve, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. I love like it feels real in a in ways that really help. Uh, by the way, like he gets better and better at it. You know, like he's saying he has potential. Like he's like Amaro. You know, he his new type potential is is growing. I wonder if he's a new type, frankly, Amaro class. Oh, I don't, I don't know if there's tears, but like at least by the time we get to his relationship with Gore, he's like he's he's new type for sure. I'm looking at the show too. Like, what a good looking show! I love the way space looks. I love all these people are so beautiful. All these handsome, all these handsome generals. You're watching the HD version, aren't you? Right. I think I'm mostly watching the Fat Man versions. I am for the sake of that opening. I, I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, that goes off. Erin admitted that she hated it, though. It reminded her too much of karaoke. Oh. <laughs> but wouldn't that be so fun at karaoke? 
I I would dig it. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't, that's probably the reason why I dig it, though. It, it has that old... Yeah, it's that 70s, 80s thing. Because oh, the HD version, I find that classical music a little bit more uh, generic. Yeah, it's it is like um incidental music from the show, but it doesn't it doesn't hit the same way. It also doesn't get you excited. Like I don't think I've whenever I don't sk- skip that opening ever. No. Anyhow, you you wanted to go back to Ar- Ar- Armuro and and the girlfriend's fighting or something. Um, just sort of um I don't know Beltorchica's character. It's so weird how quickly she and Amaro become a thing. It it feels. Like she was assigned to do such. I don't know. I I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't trust her. You mean like assigned by the show or like by I don't know the the the, the federation? Like she's uh, using some kind of new type ability to like get him motivated again or something. I think she's a cyber new type. And I think there is something like the way she she has that kind of like um impulsive intuition or something that kind of like a. Uh, uh, like trust in her senses that seems to be common with new types. She said something about her fear of the sky falling down. Wasn't that four? Four, four, or one of the other new cyber new types on the Titan set had said that previously, but she expressed a very similar fear. They're seeing, they're seeing time. It must be, that must be like a. I don't know. I don't know if I want it to be uh, foreshadowing because then that would imply that new types can see the future. That that or being a new type and being being on Earth and confined by that gravity just does something to you. Oh, that's an interesting thought. Especially as a cyber one too. Like the sky falling, like feeling gravity on you so hard. Also, well, with, with these cyber ones, like four. They they never went to space, so they're not getting that. That is interesting. New type stimulation in what we thought was the usual way. That's true. They're like lab grown. <laughs> so if um, what was her name again? Um, Beltorchica. But Beltorchica, yeah. If if she is displaying these new type things and had never left earth mm. i don't know i i don't i don't trust her i i don't trust her character is really <laughs> what i'm getting at there, there's some tiny linkage that, that i'm sniffing we'll see if we see her again i don't know if there's a last we see of amuro i don't think it will be but it's hard to tell like what she what she wants because like she starts out being like anti-war anti-violence but then like she helps push amuro to fight but then when he starts fighting again she's like disappointed in him for you know uh, for like being a soldier down to his core. Yeah, it's 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 weird. At any point, like there's um like each individual thing has a logic to it, like makes sense. But they're, they're so like they're opposed to each other. Like <laughs> maybe, I don't know. Maybe she's really indecisive. Maybe maybe it's there's people like that in those situations. Maybe maybe it's realism. Yeah, like so like the need for like like peace to be the thing that you want the most is important but also like inaction is very dangerous it's not good for peace right like it's not yeah inaction and peace are are not always the same thing um and like she like like at least seems to be war- warmer to amuro than to char oh she sort of said i i don't like this man yeah 
She says about him that he's someone who lives for war, which is a theme that, that so far, like, we haven't seen enough of Char, I guess. Like, we haven't seen enough of the Gundam world or anyone who's been in war long enough to see that play out in a character, be dramatized. I mean, we've never seen him in, in peacetime. Then again, we've never seen yeah. any of these characters in peacetime either. So <laughs> right. how is that? The, just the nature of Gundam. Oh, I was going to say, like, that's the kind of, uh, um, not to get too meta too quick, but that's that feels like a, a criticism or an observation that m- might apply more to the audience of Gundam than to any of the people living through Gundam. Like, eventually we'll see, like, maybe Char's counterattack will be like an unnecessary counterattack and you'll see oh he is just like he just wants to keep this war thing going he's too yeah i don't i don't know he's very capable in a war setting i'm sure he has other skills i trust char to be able to do anything he wants but yeah, if suddenly just... everything's peaceful and he doesn't have to do any political you know and also physical mobile suit maneuvering i think he'd find himself bored pretty quickly so maybe maybe there's something to that. Yeah, we'll see. Like Amuro was also kind of restless. So now, so there's a question with Amuro. Like, is he, you know, is he? Does he have the pull of war? Is it just the pull of a good cause? Is he like just like a nice foil to Char, or is he just like not as far along the path as he is? I feel as though I can't answer. I I, I cannot answer that question, and that, that feels <laughs> we'll rather rhetorical for yeah for the answer. Of, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so <laughs> I, don't know, I think thematically, from what I'm, I'm, what we've seen so far from the movies and the series, he, he seems like a nice foil. Yeah, you know what? Um, I'm gonna tie a, a couple of things together. I guess because we're, we we just like went back from the uh, the girlfriends to Char and um, Amuro. Wait, in Char we have the absolute freedom that he's looking for, or that seems to. Driving the the being against being weighed down by Earth gravity and Amuro is the but that's where our souls come from like response. Yeah, that's exactly what their dichotomy is, or their the, the two sides of like the new type of the of the potential of humanity. One is this is, this is our origins, and the other is screw it. Let's let's keep on let's keep on going. <laughs> I mean, gravity is a, such a cool metaphor. Like, is it like something that like grounds you not to be not to not enough no pun intended, it's something grounds, it like connects you to things, or is it something that limits your potential, your freedom? I guess a soul vacuum, soul sucker. Right, the other side of that is, yeah, is is the emptiness of space, like, where you can, like, outstretch, or is it this, like, thing that just pulls and pulls and pulls? I can experience non-gravity at least once. That'd be interesting. Oh, my God. I want to do, I'm a little afraid of um, it going wrong, but I'd, I'd want to do those sensory deprivation tanks. That's probably the closest I'll get in my lifetime. That'd be very cool. I... I completely agree. What I'm afraid of is I think I've ruined my ears. Like, I'm pretty sure I've got, like, a mild tinnitus. Too many concerts. Too many, uh, too much headphones. Really? See, my hearing is always bad, but I, I feel like going to those music festivals <laughs> and then hearing the bass trap by the speakers is irreversibly fucked it up. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Like, when you're, when you're in a quiet room, do you hear that? Um, Maybe. It's hard to answer because the quiet room isn't really quiet, is it? Sure, quiet enough. Yeah, if you have like um what um ambient noise, if you have a steady whir hum somewhere, that helps reduce it. But like right now, my room's pretty quiet, and if I'm not speaking, I can hear like a small ringing 
I don't think I have that, luckily. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. <laughs> so maybe maybe I have it. Maybe there's hope still. That's good. So you can so you can like without fear go into a go into a sensory deprivation tank. Oh, that that's your oh auditorially that's that's your concern. Where oh no, I, I think visually it might be a cool experience for you though, just to kind of sit and float. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the weightlessness aspect. I think you can listen to music in those things. Oh my god, I could do that. Just just some nice instrumental tune, <laughs> just in, in pure dark floating. I I think vi- visually. That could produce an interesting experience. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard that some people like it, like gets their like imagination flowing. We should try try to get into this new type uh, mode of thought for ne- the next episode. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh man, wouldn't it be so cool if uh, if you go into an sensory deprivation tank and you unlock your new type potential? <laughs> <laughs> it probably goes away. You probably unlock it in there, and then as soon as you come out, it's it's gone. Oh, how sad. I just rewatched. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk Avatar too much on pod, but like I just rewatched Avatar and watch. You know, watch Avatar two. Well, you know, kind of like, starts with him being uh, disabled as a human, and then when he gets to be an Avatar, he like he's got his legs again, and Pandora is so colorful. And when he gets to, you know, the base, when his mind goes back to his human body, everything's so gray and dull and depressing. Yeah, that's what I imagine it's like if you're. If you're like you suddenly lose your new type qualities, this what experimenting with psychedelics is like. <laughs> those those good trips of of like bliss for eight hours, like this is this is amazing. I'm gonna try to take something away from this, so that way I can always have like a, a piece of this. Typically, like the way people talk about it, they can take something from that. Yeah, it's it's more background, I I, I guess, but mm. um. There, there is a contrast still, though, where it's, it's not quite. I guess ultimately, we're taking away is a memory of that feeling. Like that, the, the, um, the cliche of someone who like takes LSD is that they come out of it, they think they're a different person, and they're like, "Oh no, I get it now. I'm gonna be a much kinder person. I'm gonna stop smoking." And then, you know, like maybe they're like that for a month, and then they go back to being cynical, angry all the time. Well, yeah, I guess there's kind of a, a pretension to this. Oh, I'm I'm now in, enlightened to like. Are you really? Right, I guess I use some psychedelics and religious rituals. Like, like it's not like a thing you do once in your life, but you know, like part of a of a cycle of like living your life. It's a little more guided too, which is mm-hmm. probably better. You know, good and bad. Maybe overall, maybe overall better. I guess it, you know if it comes from an institution, there's that risk of power dynamics, though. Yeah. Plus ideology and right, like uh, yeah, are we are we weighed down by Earth's gravity or is, are we reconnecting with our souls? That's a question, isn't it? <laughs> Z- Z- Zeta, Zeta, really um, asking the big questions so far. Yeah, but the, like you can also like, but it's also fun to follow it in terms of like the. Not a chess match. I was going to say a chess match, but potentially... Uh... <laughs> Depending on whether you're confined by Earth's grab, you're in the vast open, yeah, yeah. openness of space, you know, um, all these conflicts like, yeah. unfold as chess or go. It seems like Jared is having the um, that arc where he like understood war to be like this like straightforward clash and he's like discovering his own limitations as a pilot as well as like how much more you know what more like one is capable of did we get to um lila dying jared is is the titan um pilot that can never quite get to 
the ability that he wants to be at. And he thought he was hot shit. Even though, like, even when he's introduced, he, he's introduced, like, fucking up, like, crashing this Gundam into a building. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I just always kind of think he's, thinks he's hot shit. And, like, I guess his other lesson is just humility. Why does he have that attitude? Why is he so... <laughs> It's like he's got big, like peaked in high school energy. Yeah, I guess he just can't let go of that high school nostalgia. Probably at Titan Academy, he was like top of the class, coolest guy. Yeah, but then once he got into real life, it's like, oh shit, this is not like the academy at all. <laughs> I have to unlearn everything I learned there and then relearn again. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, um, he's also adapting. Like, going back to the the first thing, like, I think I, I think this all applies. Like, who the character is is like this kind of cocky jock, who, yeah, like, has to brace himself for reality hitting him in the face over and over again, getting defeated by some punk kid. Uh, but he's also like, you know, he's from Earth. He's a and and he's also adapting to like fighting in space. So he is like trying to graduate or or change from from a chessboard to a to a go mentality because they always seem to be surprised too like sometimes the alexandria does an ambush on the argama but sometimes they're like the argama's here yeah 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 oh there's mobile suits there's mobile suits coming from nowhere what's going on (laughs) (laughs) so it is like um like things are a lot more uh unpredictable out up in space Oh, it's yeah. it's really interesting the uh um with with those particles playing around all over, all over the place those damn Minovsky particles how annoying how annoying that must be if you just want to be a businessman you want to do trade with uh Jupiter but there's war happening on the moon like how disruptive it is and you I just don't have internet up there right <laughs> can, can you imagine like allowing technology allowing you to be so interconnected and then all of a sudden. Minovsky nope. particles. <laughs> nope, can't do that. And that probably contributes to anti-federation sentiment. Oh, for sure. I guess what they say about like any dictatorship too is like you know the tighter the grip, like the more goes throughout between your fingers. Good start so far. I have to say, just to give name to to you know that writer, I I, I like I like Tomino. I, I like what he does. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not sure what he's like outside of his career, but he's pretty good for a boomer. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like maybe he's got some uh, um, depiction of women issues. Even though there's some like cool women, I love. I like Emma Sheen. I like Rekoa. She seems cool. I liked when Leela just beat up on Jared. I mean, they're 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 tough and they have agency. Yeah, like they have ideas and like capabilities. But like outside of like when they're like being professionals, I don't know, like four is an interesting character for the. You know, for the, um, you know, they stole my memories. I want to, I want to find out who I am. And I feel like my only connection to who I am is being held hostage by this thing, by this, you know, by this organization. And then, and when she starts making like, you know, she has a full arc. She starts making new memories with Camille and they're very valuable to her. And like, they open up like possibility of future being more important than whatever past was taken away from her. You know, it's kind of tragic because she finds that out like a little bit too late. So all she can do is sacrifice her life instead of- Live towards the future with with that knowledge. Because she could have escaped with them if it was earlier. She could have like, I don't know, like taken the Psycho Gundam and gone away with- Psycho Gundam also, great, great name. (laughs) No notes. I like how just- 
larger larger than life and, and it, like you you think these usual gundams are pretty large but psycho gundam is it destroyed new hong kong completely and it, <laughs> it doesn't even yeah. fit inside the ship they have to lug it around on, <laughs> on this tow rope yeah it's like overkill it can have to be the hugest one like in a place where like being huge can only cause problems and like also like from a filmmaking perspective like where it really counts because if like if it's like huge but you're in space how often do you get to really show scale but this happens to be huge in a city so you just get this like mecha godzilla um <laughs> event it's crazy that they i understand from the filmmaker's perspective what you're saying that they're able to capture that larger than life effect but it is funny that narratively they're confined by gravity and they decide oh we're gonna Build a second Gundam <laughs> thing here. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it makes sense on I, I I don't know as a as a big tank or something. Totally fucked up New Hong Kong. Like it if it seems kind of unstoppable. Like like Camille could like knock it around, but it doesn't seem like to be doing any damage. If that really felt like without four, it would it was over. Not four interfering. Luckily, there's plot armor. Yeah, and plot. I don't know what's the opposite of plot armor. Plot dagger. I feel like if you have a if you have a whimsical, ethereal, uh, woman in a Gundam show, she's gonna sacrifice herself for one of the protagonists. Two for two so far. Yeah, I don't know if it counts as fridging, but like Leela happens to die just to give Jared like pathos and motivation. I don't know what the fuck she sees in him or saw in him. Yeah potential we'll see he he could he could be a good antagonist if he figures it out how does he get out of when they're escaping from jaburo from like the um nuclear trap they set yeah then he escapes like he like oh that's so fucked up he like kicks people off the ships they could get on like leaving them to get to die of nuclear explosion yeah that was that was crazy. He, yeah, he threw people literally out of the doorway. They're already out of the plane, and he throws them off. Like, I, I get the circumstances. It seemed like it was, you know, it was very them or me kind of thing, but it's still, like, not a very heroic look. It's very, you see him, like, that's a very uh, low point to see him in. It's very normal like, person he, behavior. I, honestly, like, <laughs> most most people would do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a nuclear blast. I gotta get into this fucking thing and continue living. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Um, but uh, how does he? I. What happens to those? I guess they're POWs. What happens to them? I think Charlie decided. Oh, we're we're gonna take you with. Are they still there? I, as of episode twenty, are they still? Are they just hanging out there? Did they get unloaded somewhere? I guess they loaded in New Hong Kong or something. I have to go back and see, that, or maybe it comes up later. That or, or or in the in I guess at the museum maybe. I mean that that's clearly where they have some control for prisoners of war. Mm. It's funny that this never revisited again. Yeah, if they have that. You think it'd be like a bargaining chip for them? It depends how high ranking they are. Otherwise, they're just earth grunts. True. I'm really blanking out on. What happened to those to those POWs? Oh, it's it's never mentioned again, so it's it's fine to blink out, I guess. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's more of a criticism to the show and handling of every single circumstance. I guess they, they can 
continue on every single arc. It just made sense that, okay, if they have that and there's going to be these people, then they're not going to leave them behind. Like, But they were really interested in that as a plot line. I, could, I thought that was going to like totally change things at first. I was like, oh, and now, like, uh, in the in-between sections when they're on the ship hanging out, you know, or when random characters are fighting or flirting or something, or are we going to start seeing more of the, uh, the Federation soldiers? Oh, that's interesting. That would have been cool. And they, they never went that direction. Yeah. I'll keep my eye out for, like, possible prisoners or possible, like, Earth Federation people present on those ships. Yeah, maybe we'll start seeing them, like, like just, like, in the background or they're just in the in a hole somewhere. No, maybe maybe just... But for sure, they they've got to deal with Jared somehow. Oh yeah, I guess maybe maybe what happened is after that nuclear nuclear blast and seeing what uh, the Titans were were capable of, they decided Epic we're we're gonna join, we'll join you all. That'd be that that would make sense. I think there's like a lot of reasons to want to defect. I mean, they they were surprised that they used the nuclear arms. They're like, "What? No way! Yeah. They've never been used since the sign of the Antarctica Treaty." Right. So they're like straight up like doing war crime. I like that it's mentioned and it's, it's never elaborated on. It's just a realization. Oh my god, they're going crazy. This makes it feel re- realer. Yeah, they're nu- using nuclear weapons in my worker. Uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> it's brought up in the same way that um the Xeon would sometimes say, Oh my god, child soldiers? The Federation's just always, you know, they don't have scruples. No, I guess not. We should have known. What else can we hit up? Oh Hathaway makes a, a, an appearance. Yeah, then who was Hathaway was someone's kid, right? It's Bright Sun, yeah. Bright Sun. Okay, so that is, is that what it's gonna be about? Uh yeah, I, I think that's what that's what that film white novel oh is, man that's is. oh man <laughs> i mean i know we're gonna we're going at this at the, at the pace that we can go when i find out about the other stuff like i want to see this uh witch of mercury show i'm seeing people like post like screenshots and shit posting on it and like shit posting <laughs> like i'm trying to like keep myself ignorant yeah it's fine it's fine it was just more it's a journey it's about the journey yeah exactly yeah, we're just cruising along. Do you want to start calling it a, a a night for for right now? Is there anything else you wanted to hit on this first section before starting plan for future Gundam discussion? I mean, we we hit up every major arc, I think. Oh, it might be later. I might be spoiling a great moment, but there's a moment where where Camille is arguing and he just says, "I'm an autistic child." <laughs> No, I, I I do remember that. Yeah, that was. <laughs> it really preempted. It saved me from ever making any like new type neurotypical puns. Yeah, yeah. This neuro neural normalcy is overrated. Who wants to be an old type? I guess Cam- Camille was in. Mo- I don't know. I'm not gonna touch that. I don't know if that was like a translation thing. Who says that about themselves? <laughs> unless they're like, unless they're talking about their actual autism. Why? Why would you say that? What spurred that? I mean, I guess it was the argument and just just his general struggle with with relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so. But, uh, yeah, that was that was a that was a line. <laughs> Like I have the, I have the, I have the screenshot. I have that in my phone. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, Camille. Camille's fucking. He's awesome. I don't know. He's great. I like him. Yeah. I I know I I imply a tragedy, but I I do, I do hope for the best for him. Yeah. Now that you now that you mention it, he he does seem to be 
you know, there's some growing pains, of course, but he seems to be adapting pretty well. It seems to be, he seems to be coming to things are going suspiciously well for him. He seems more stable in this situation than Armuro was, but Armuro started out better. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting point. Like they say that, um, they say that people like with ADD, um, tend to be a lot more in control in crisis situations. Like something about like. I don't know, like, people describe it in different ways, but, like, the internal chaos that could be, like, the executive dysfunction in ADD um, gets, like, soothed when there's, like, an immediate problem to deal with. So, like, in a high-stress crisis, apparently, like, I don't know where, where I saw that people with ADD, like, tend to, like, maybe it's because, like, they're, they're, like, dealing with it all the time. Where, where the environment is matching what's, what's going on. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, like, so that's interesting. Like, I never, I didn't put that together until you said it. Yeah, like, Amaro was, like, a well-adjusted kid, you know, like, they didn't do it in Gundam times, I guess, but he seems like the type of kid to wear a Letterman jacket and, you know, <laughs> like, go to the drive-in movies, like, like very, I I, mean, like, idyllic. Could, could wonder, really, I mean, you look like the straight-A student, but also the athlete. Yeah, and Camille, he's a little more, all. he's a little different. He's a little, he's not like the rest of the... <laughs> You know, he's he's edgy. He's got some anger. His family life is not stable. Uh, his home is occupied by a paramilitary force. <laughs> There's a, you know, a macabre way in that, you know, uh, enlisting in a war was a positive adjustment for him. He seems, uh, he seems to be better off than before. Which, for now. Generally speaking, I find concerning. Yeah. Oh, we'll see. I'm, I'm excited to watch more yeah. of this Gundam. So... <laughs> So at some point we'll do the next chunk, this the next batch of Zeta Gundam episodes. My my aim is to probably finish by January, anyways, and we we could base our decision. Yeah, because yeah, because else we could just do the rest of the show. We just this is just part. We just make this a duology, and because we have a lot of Gundam to get to, anyways. We'll see what fits fits best. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we'll all get to that. Um, probably till. Probably till next year, so... It's been an awesome 2022. What a year. What memories. Uh, this has been... What is our show? Mobile Suit Zeta Book Club? Yeah. Yeah, alright. <laughs> Good night. Ciao.